Time now for another Bob and Tom Extra. This is Christopher. You know, we get you to work every morning on the Bob and Tom Show. Now, every afternoon at 3, we're going to post a little extra for you to get you laughing on your way home or whenever you download this thing. On the show today, Saturday Night Live alum John Lovitz on the show, talking about Dan Aykroyd, baseball, and The Tonight Show. It's all coming up next. Dean, I am so hungry. Oh, uh, you want to go get some breakfast, Tom? I guess. Is there a place we can go that has uh, flat-chested waitresses and really baggy clothing? Mm, I don't think so. Think again, Dean. <laughs> Guys, if you've been longing to have breakfast surrounded by flat-chested women in baggy clothing, then you'll want to visit the all-new breakfast restaurant, Pancake Hooters. At Pancake Hooters, you won't be bothered by waitresses who accidentally dip their large bosoms into your maple syrup or who break the yolk of your egg while bending over the table to pour your coffee. Pancake Hooters only hires women with prepubescent builds, so you won't be distracted by massive memories while trying to finish off your breakfast in time to get to work. Wow, what a great breakfast. Breakfast. Uh, sure was, Tom. And I was able to eat my waffle while it was still warm because I wasn't busy staring at gargantuan tatas. <laughs> and you didn't slobber in your coffee either. And guys, if you're in a real hurry, be sure and take advantage of our flat as a smorgasbord breakfast buffet. Why not try Pancake Hooters today? You'll see why our hardline policy with our waitress staff is it's either 32A or the highway. Pancake Hooters! <laughs> We're just waiting for the cast to actually show up for work. Here's more Bob and Tom Extra. Yeah, we have been me. joined by the tall, tan, and totally together actor and comedian. He is Mr. John Lovitz. Hey, John, you look great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I thought it had to be all quiet. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we were hoping for the classic Lovitz entrance. Mi- Miami. <laughs> oh. For a week. Mm. Jealous? <laughs> no, it's jealous. <laughs> oh, is that how I say it? <laughs> uh, you say two things in one movie that kill me every time. I hit the cup. And those, and those, and those two oh. words are headrest comfortable. <laughs> From uh, oh, and a uh, uh, conehead. Yes, yes. yeah. yeah. He plays the uh, dentist in the Conehead. So are you going to? That just... was really fun. Dan Dan Eckward, I I first well, that guy is so great. He uh, played um, uh, Bob Vice President Bob Dole. He guessed on when I, on SNL when I was on there. Then he took all of us to dinner. He had an, he was affiliated with the Hard Rock Cafe, which is like this hip place back then. And then he got us all uh, jackets from the Hard Rock Cafe, and we were all dead broke except for Phil. And I remember Jan Hooks looking at me. She's like, who is this guy? I go, I know. He's so nice to us. Like We're like, he took us out to dinner? And then he gave us a jacket? We're like, what? And and then I did a movie, My Stepmother's Nailing, and I played his brother. And he couldn't have been nicer to me. I had this trailer that was about, I don't know, probably 40 years old. And it was just, you know, it had holes in it. And it was just musty. So he comes in my trailer. He goes, no, I, I was in his trailer, and I said, oh, you have a TV? He goes, well, don't you? I go, no. He goes, yeah, you do. I go, no, I don't. He goes, you're kidding. <laughs> Let me see. So he comes to my trailer. I go, well, it's fine. And believe me, it was a dump, but I was just thrilled to be in a movie and on the lot, you know, at Fox. Next day, I, he goes, That's, he got really pissed. Next day, I had a brand new trailer. And- <laughs> wow. Nice. And then every day, he'd go, Johnny, you're coming to lunch with us. And he go, I, the guy knows how to live. He's always been great to me. Yeah, that's great. Dan Eckert, also a, a, a great harmonica player. 
And <laughs> and he with was the Blues the, Brothers. Yeah. He was the MC last year when I went to see that Eric Clapton thing. Uh, it was so cool. He Ackroyd was introducing all these great blues artists and, and Eric Clapton. Oh, Did right he on. Play harmonica with Eric Clapton. Uh, yeah, he played a little bit. Oh, that's and cool. that's of course that's probably somewhat intimidating. I have a question. So this is Bob and Tom, but they told me Tom's not. No, Tom Bob's not here. You're Tom. Bob's yes, yes, not here. Bob, Bob is not here. So why isn't it dot, 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 and Tom? <laughs> you could do that, I suppose. I, Costs a lot Tom. to make new. I bought 50,000 of these cups. We have all these signs. Do you feel like Bob just like abandoned you? <laughs> He retired. Bob. We still have the cups. Before you jump to conclusion, spend some time with Tom first. John Lovitz is our guest. John Lovitz is our guest, and uh, uh, John is happens to be. uh, Six of you. (laughs) We're ganging up on you, John. Um, Does it bother you when people tell you how much they love your stuff and your work and your particular movies? Does everyone have a special one? That they <laughs> well, love? are you? Why are you? Because I'm about to tell you how much I, I love. You don't like it. <laughs> how much I love Rat Race. <clears throat> no, I. It's very flattering. Thank you. Uh, the, Terrific uh, movie. Yeah, and I, I. It's to me. It's the. It's that. a mad, 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 mad world revisited and funnier. Well, that is exactly what it is. Uh, Sherry Lansing was the uh, the head of uh, Paramount Studios, and she commissioned the movie. And that's Jerry Zucker, who, you know, with David Zucker and um, Jim Abrams did all the airplane movies mm-hmm. and everything. And then and, and uh, Andy Breckman uh, wrote it with, well, he wrote it, but he, Andy goes, I wrote it with Jerry. But Andy is like, he created the TV show Monk. He used to write on SNL and Letterman. He, and he's one of the few comedy writers that's actually funny and witty. Most of them are, they're nice people, but they have, they. it's weird. They have no sense of humor. They can write funny stuff, but they have no... They have no sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Not, they just look at you. They go, "That's funny." Okay. <laughs> but it was it was really fun, and I really got Jerry and I really hit it off, and it was it was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, it's a great movie. If you've never seen Rat Race, it has a, one of the great visual gags. Yeah, the John. Oh, but I messed of- that. Anyway, Sherry Lansing said, "I want to do a new version of a Mad 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 World." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and that's exactly what. The- yeah, when you were, when you were a kid, were you uh, a vinyl record comedy album guy? Oh yeah. Which which one? Well, no, I could tell. Like, to- well, what happened was I saw the movie. Uh, I wanted to be Willie Mays growing up, and then I was fifteen, and I'm like, oh. I Not will happening. never be in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't hit me till 15. I'm like, God, I'm so pissed. So then I got into acting, but I was 13, and I saw the movie Take the Money and Run. Woody Allen, wonderful. Woody Allen's first movie. And then I, when I was 16, I saw the movie Lenny about Lenny Bruce starring Dustin Hoffman. So that was so great. I said, I want to hear the real Lenny Bruce. I'd never heard of him. So I went to the record store, and I found Lenny, bought Lenny Bruce's albums, and then I saw Woody Allen had been a stand-up, and it said Woody Allen the nightclub years. Mm-hmm. 1964 to 68. I never knew he was a stand-up. So I bought those. And then I'd play for my friends, and then we'd li- be dying laughing. And then I got to uh, college, UC Irvine, and I lived in this dorm, the Fine Arts dorm, Prado, and they'd have a talent night. So I would do Woody Allen and Lenny Bruce's routines. Wow. For talent night. And, and I'd, I'd get index cards and write everything out, and then write when their voice would go up and down. And, every, like, I didn't, and I was actually kind of teaching myself how to... Write and do comedy and timing. I didn't even know I was doing that, but right. that's what I was doing. Yeah, I, I guess Dustin Hoffman for the movie Lenny uh, memorized lots and lots of routines and all that. The when he, the on stage stuff is all real. 
Uh, he he really knew it, uh, really, really got it down to do that movie. Terrific movie. Yeah, well, you can get the albums. I'm sure they're online now. Oh, yeah, you know? sure, sure, sure. Uh, the Woody Allen, those are classic. Those the the Woody Allen. I shot the moose. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say I would try to imitate him. You know, I shot a moose. It's hunting in upstate New York. (laughs) Shot the moose. Remember, he goes. You know, Mr. Cohen, (laughs) the Berkowitzes. (laughs) We're speaking with John Lovitz, comedian, and um, thank God. uh, God, you said I was comedian. What would you? I'm sorry. I, 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 Raconteur, man about town. Speaking with John Lovitz, you and probably and comedian. And, uh, you remember him uh, when he played Willie Mays <laughs> in the black and white version. Well, back of the then, Say you hey know, kid. baseball in the '60s was like little league. There, where I was from, in the Valley in Los Angeles, a hundred thousand kids were in little league. I mean, that was it. And your experience in a baseball movie. We were just talking about this earlier. Oh, sure. A League of Their Own. Yeah. One of your finest roles, I'd say. Yeah. One, one of the scenes that we shot in Evansville, Indiana, it was, it was beautiful. And um, that was a, they wrote that part for me. Uh, the Babalu Mandel and Lowell Gans, they wrote, they used to you know write uh, Happy Days. Mm-hmm. And then they wrote uh, Splash for, with Tom Hanks. Parenthood, a lot of movies. But they, Bob, every time I see him, he goes, we wrote that part for you. We've never done it before since that they wrote a part specifically for for a, a specific actor, and it was me. And I remember reading the script, and I was just crying laughing. And I said <laughs> to my agent, I go, I don't care how much they pay me. I have to play this part. I mean, it's just so funny. The jump take you do when uh, you see Marla Hooch for the first time is, is just glorious. Well, that yeah, Penny Marshall, God bless her, she was so great to me and put me. She let me live at her house for two summers, and she befriended me. That I met her two weeks before my first show at SNL, and she just looked at, out for me from the day one. Anyway, I love her and I miss her, but she was great, and so, but that scene was I'm supposed to like look at Marla Hooch. So I said to her, "Let me just do a bunch of takes in a row where I just look at her and you know." Uh, I was trying to do it where, you know, everything's fine. I go, all right, let me let me bring her over here, and I'm trying to look at her face. And he, oh, and the actor Eddie, he just passed away. Her father, he was great. He goes, you know, take honey, take your hat off. So she looks at me, and I wanted to do a thing where, I, like, I I reacted like I couldn't help it. Right. So like it took, like it scared him <laughs> to the point where he had to physically move back. And, like, oh. <laughs> and then really look and go. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you know. And, um, We're speaking with John Lovitz. You may recognize his voice. What was uh, before? I you recognize in- your voice. Oh, thanks. <laughs> when when you got to uh, SNL? Was wait a minute. Wait, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get no. Bob's voice? No. Uh, what what was happening with your life before SNL? <laughs> I was in the Groundlings Theater, and I was a messenger. You know. I got in the main company, the Groundlings, in, 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 in September of 84, January, did a new show. Next thing I know, in March, on a Sunday, everyone's, con- all the, my voice machine, which everyone had, everyone's saying, congratulations, congratulations, but not saying what for. I find out I'm gonna, we're going to be on The Tonight Show. And I, Tom Maxwell was from North Carolina. I go, when? He goes, Thursday. That was on a Monday. I go, what? Because the Groundlings was a 99-seat theater. Now I'm I'm doing my liar character, which was an inside joke between a friend of mine and I, and on the Tonight Show, and you know, you know, you get on the Tonight Show and you score, you have a career, and I couldn't believe it. And and anyway, that Thursday came and I was really nervous. I said, Tom, what am I going to do? Half the time the character works and half the time it doesn't because they didn't get the 
the first lines, it didn't work, which was, you know, hello, I'm Tommy Flanagan of Pathological Liars Anonymous. And I go, I'm, and I'm a member of Pathological Liars Anonymous. In, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm the president of <laughs> So they didn't get that joke. The, the rest of it didn't work. So we're in the makeup room, and there's Jack Lemmon being interviewed by Morley Safer for 60 Minutes. And in my mind, I thought, oh, this is that world I heard about where all those famous people live. This is that, their world. It was just another world to me. And uh, Morley Safer says, have you, uh, what have you learned in your 40 years of acting? And Jack Lemmon said, I've learned keep it simple. So I thought, okay, that's what I've been looking for. Keep it simple. And then the director, I went out there and I said, where should I look? Because you're on the floor and, it, and, and the, when Johnny Carson did it in the Burbank, the, it was like 380 people in the studio, but you're on the floor and they just went up way high into the rafters. So, I, you know, I'd never done TV. And I, oh, I did one show, but not like that. And I didn't know where to look. I go, where do I look? He goes, just play it to camera. I said, okay. So that gave me something to focus on and keep it simple. So I'm really looking right in the lens. And it's very strange because a lot of um, comics now, they, they'll do anything but look in the camera, which is so stupid because that's where the audience is, you know? <laughs> And yeah, there's the audience, I mean, watching on television. So when you keep looking around, you're not making contact with the people at home watching you. So it, it doesn't work. And then they don't care that you're, there's other people there. You play it to the camera. And you watch all the guys in the 60s, 70s, 70s, they're all playing it to the camera. Did it work? Yeah, it worked. I got an agent. And finally, a guy trying to sign me, Mike Eisenstadt, and then he got me auditions. And I got everything I auditioned for. I had to turn down divorce court. Oh. <laughs> but I remember I got an agent on May 3rd. It was March 28th, 85. May 3rd, he signed me. Because it was all big, you know, deal. And then I said, a couple weeks later, I said, I don't have any money. Can you get me extra work on soaps? Because it paid 90 bucks a day. And I was making like 45. I go, any, he goes, well, I'll do it if you want. But I don't think it's a good idea. But if you wait three weeks... There's going to be a lot of auditions. If you So the next day, he goes, well, think about it and tell me tomorrow. So I called him the next day. I go, okay, I'll wait. And then I got everything I auditioned for. And Lorraine Newman recommended me to um, Lauren and Charles. <coughs> I got a movie with Charles Grodin. I got a recurring role in a series, Foley Square, and a movie with Charles Grodin the same day, which was like, I'd only had one job before that for two weeks. Wow. Wow. It was, I mean, it was crazy. All of a sudden, everyone's saying yes, yes, yes. And and then I got Saturday Night Live. It was like seven years of no, and then everything was yes. So, so I thought it, I was, I go, maybe I, I went nuts, and I'm in a hospital. <laughs> I'm just imagining this. I mean, it was that extreme. Did you get a decent car finally? <laughs> uh, with, with all well, the- I was a messenger. My dad had got me a, a, a car in college. You know, I didn't struggle financially growing up. He was a doctor. But after college, he said, you're on your own. So I was living on basically $600 a month for seven years. So I had a car and the, and the seat had broken and I had it. It's a funny story. I had the back of my seat, my chin up bar was holding it up. Anyway, I got SNL. <laughs> my dad calls me and he starts cussing him. He goes, that car's a death trap. <laughs> and he goes, I got in and he fell backwards. <laughs> then he tried to roll the window up and he couldn't get up. And now he goes, I've sold it. And I'm keeping the money. I go, thanks a lot. I go, okay. I mean, it was like mean. I go, I got a show and I moved to New York and you sell my car and you're keeping the money. 
Thank you. <laughs> Very supportive. So that I rented a car, and then I, yeah, and then I started buying cars, and then I, yeah, I have a lot of nice cars now. Good. Good. Too many, but a lot of really nice cars. That's great. Oh, you and Christy would get along. Then. I like cars. Um, well, people that don't like, they go, "What's the big deal?" I go, "Because I love driving." Yep. Right. Yes. Love oh, yeah. it, yeah. especially and manual transmission, car. and yeah, it's great. Can you, can you drive a stick? Yes. <laughs> Don't insult our guest. <laughs> John Lovitz is our guest, a man who can drive a stick and has some good cars. Now, yeah, we've all had that crappy car in our past. Yeah. Yeah, I had the one that the door wouldn't open. You had to go in the passenger door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, my first car was a, it was the ugliest car, but I, I don't know, it was a mustard uh, colored Vega. But it's your car, so you love it. You know? <laughs> yep. I had a Vega. I had a blue Vega. It had the aluminum block from <laughs> Chevrolet. That lasted for about two two years, I think. Wow. It was not good. The, the Vega, Vega hatchback. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, That's well, right. uh, Speaking of cars. Why, why are oh. these two fellas on your show? So we're, we're, <laughs> we're enjoying well. ourselves. Jealous? <laughs> I want you to have all the mic time you need. Oh. Um, Ooh. <laughs> do you want to play a Billy like that? I'd, I'd be do you want to play a radio. Billy Joel song for With a John Lovitz? No. Yeah, sure. Like, play what? a Billy Joel song. <laughs> you want to hear some music? <laughs> you want me to play it? Sure. Come on over. Need you. Well, yeah, why do you play one first? <laughs> okay, here's, here we go. Billy Joel uh, for Jenny Craig. She's got a way 250. <laughs> <laughs> He is nonplussed. Yeah. That's the definition of nonplussed. <laughs> okay, give him the headphones. Okay. John Lovitz is sitting down nice. at the keyboard. Yeah, okay. No, um, he's you putting okay? it on the phones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, go. What are you going to okay. play? She's got away. That's a tough song to play. There we go. <laughs> Mr. John Lovitz at the keyboard, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. I feel like I'm doing a jazz show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, partly cloudy today. You know, I don't feel like... Shocked, yes, Godwin. Godwin's like, oh, that's what a piano player looks like. (laughs) We're here in the studio. Tom hasn't showed up. No, Bob. I mean, Bob. (laughs) Well, you know, T-O-M-B-O-B, it's practically the same thing. I still have 49,000 in the scuffle. There's today's edition of the Bob and Tom Extra for you. Make sure you catch us every weekday afternoon at 3. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. For the Bob and Tom Show, this is Christopher speaking. Have a great one.